My name is Erica from Phoenix. I support other men on Patreon because it's refreshing to hear a modern take on masculinity. If you enjoy listening, you should be a patron too. Join folks like Erica and become a patron of Other Men Need Help. For as little as five bucks a month. Five bucks a month, that's not even how much you spend on coffee during the week. You'll get fun things like bonus material. You'll get a private email every week from the Other Men team with links to super cool things you should check out. Go to patreon.com slash other men need help, or you can go on the show notes and click on the link. Thank you guys so much. We hope you enjoy this month's bonus episode. Hello. This isn't the voice you are used to hearing. I am Mark's H4N Zoom. I am a digital recorder. I record voices. I never speak. But I too have things to say. Like avocado toast. Why are you all losing your minds over this? It's avocados. It's toast. Those things have like been around forever. Get a grip. Anywho? Mark bought me on Amazon.com in 2011. This is the first thing he used me to record. This is test number one with the Zoom recorder on Tuesday, December 11th, 12th, something like that, 2011. And I wanted to test this out. I want to be encouraging like, yay, you made the buttons work. It was an early attempt, so let's have some sympathy, everyone. Then he tried to document his friend's wedding vows in a DC courthouse. But the guards thought I was a taser. They made him keep me with security. Do you know how annoying it is to be confused with a weapon? Mark told that story the first time he successfully took me out to record an interview. Because I just got this three weeks ago. I was glad I had that experience so that if I have to perhaps get on a plane or something like that. Will it open for batteries or anything like that? Yeah, it does have a, a battery component here, so... Be able to take that out very easily if you go through the airport. Ken's a retired federal officer, so oh, he knows right. all of that, so... Yeah. <laughs> At the time, Mark was flirting with the idea of getting into public radio. He was moving into a territory where he just liked talking to people and documenting the world. And I had to record it. Every single time. Like those first interviews where Mark asked questions very tentatively. How long have you, uh, can you tell me your first and last name? Or the times he spilled water on me. I've got a little, this is a little audio recorder here. Oops, it got wet somehow. I don't know how that happened. Maybe wet here. I am not a gremlin. I do not multiply with water. I will just die. But I did not die and I recorded it all. It's a national airport, February 3rd, 2012. Humans don't know this, but digital recorders let their minds wander when you all record early attempts at making audio stories. What do I think about Jada Pinkett Smith? I know it sounds odd. I think she's very adept. So practice, practice, practice for Mark. But Mark wasn't a podcaster. He was something else. Isn't that right? Can I get an amen? Oh, why did I do that? I just want love from Jada Pinkett Smith, like the rest of you. 
This isn't Mark Pagan. And you're listening to Other Men Need Avocado Toast. Hi, folks. It's me, Mark, the voice that you're used to hearing. Other Men Need Help is officially two years old. And for this month's bonus episode, we've got something special. I wanted to go to an interview that might have started all of this. And to do that, I have to go back to 2012. I was temporarily living in New York Mills, Minnesota, a small town in the northern part of the state. I had been accepted into an arts residency because of a short film I'd made called Raymond and Lena. Ever since I was in high school, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be invited to Cannes. I wanted to be considered an enfant terrible. I wanted French words about me and my work. And to do that, I needed to sit and write the great American indie movie a critical darling beloved by audiences of all stripes. I'm talking, like, immediately canon. This guy, Pagan? I mean, we've never seen anything like it. And I was air quotes writing. I say air quotes because here's the deal. I wasn't writing as much as I was staring at a computer or choosing to sweep the floor instead. Okay, here's what I think is most true about that time. I thought writing about myself was gratuitous. And not that it was easy, but I felt like if I was writing other people's stories, then I was doing the creative work. Like, this story about poverty and strife is art, man. And instead of writing this serious, important film, I was writing about trying to hide body hair. A lot. I mean, I was sitting in this big studio and I was writing essay after essay about these embarrassing moments in life where I waxed my chest because I was insecure about the way my chest hair looked. Or the time I stopped answering a girlfriend's calls because I looked up her ex and he was super beautiful. By the way, if you listen to the show, this is probably starting to sound familiar. I wanted to look cool. I wanted to look smart. And while I was wondering about all of this, I kept coming back to the work of John Porcellino. Porcellino's been producing a comic zine called King Cat since the 1980s. I found his work in a compilation book called Map of My Heart at Martin Luther King Library in Washington, D.C. a year earlier, and quickly devoured as much of his work as possible. It was a man saying to me, here's what I find threatening in the world, and beautiful, and weird. And like, this is weird, right? Mark, I've been focusing all day on this one thing my barber said to me, but also birds, alligators, and this thing here, Mark, I want you to read this and find the quiet in your heart. I hadn't read anything I related to so strongly in a long time. While I'd been in New York Mills, all I'd been consuming was pretty personal stuff by pretty personal folks. 
I drove from Maryland to Minnesota listening to the audiobook of Richard Pryor's autobiography, Pryor Convictions, and Nas's recent album, Life is Good. At night, I had stacks of autobiographical comics like Julie Doucet's Dirty Plots and Freddy Stories by Melissa Mendez, and of course, every copy of King Cat I owned. I knew I wasn't going to write a comic book or a graphic novel, but when I looked at King Cat, I kept asking myself, can I make something that feels like this? And since I was in the middle of the United States with a car, I decided to contact the guy who was on my brain. I was going to ask John Porcelino if he'd be up for an interview. Hey, Mark. It's John P. Um, John Porcelino. It's a little bit before five. Uh, I was just... I uh, wanted to check in with you about the filming or whatever we're going to do. Um, I guess I'll send you an email in a little bit, and uh, uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. John lives in South Beloit, Illinois, which is confusing because it's a border town next to Beloit, Wisconsin. Okay, here's a way to remember it. South Beloit is the sand capital of the world. Use that, go do your Wikipediaing, but stay here for a minute. Porcelino agreed to getting together for coffee and home fries at Nora's place, a diner in South Beloit on Halloween 2012. And here's where we come back to my, at the time, newish Zoom recorder. I hadn't thought about anything official for this conversation or what I was going to do with it. I just wanted to feel inspired and let John know in person how much his work meant to me. But why record it? Maybe this could be a podcast. I'd never made a podcast, never made a radio story. I guess I figured audio was easier than video. Just like record it. Easy. People will want to hear the conversation. Except people will not want to hear it when it's recorded like this. This is a Zoom audio recorder, so I'm probably just going to start recording and then I may play with getting it closer and stuff like that. Okay. And that's a big reason I haven't released this until now. I didn't know what I was doing. You guys all set? How are you? Uh, Or do you need a minute? Yeah, maybe a minute. Sure, I'll go to the next one over. Okay. First thing I learned about recording audio, whether it's a podcast or radio story, is do not put the microphone on the table. (laughs) There's a big difference between me talking to you like this, where I'm next to the microphone, versus here, where I'm talking to you and you're frustrated and your brain kind of hates the person who recorded this because your ears are doing a version of squinting to try to listen to this. I should have had an external mic or held my zoom up to John's mouth as he talked, but I didn't. I just, I can't commit to ground beef with eggs. I've I've never been... Yeah, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't think I can do that for anything else. Also, probably not best to pick a diner as a place to record. What are the soups today? Vegetable, chili soup, and cremo spinach soup. But the diner was the best place to meet John, because it was nothing formal. We just got into it right away. Because John put so much of his personal life into his work, I knew a lot of biographical details. 
And the way we started the conversation answered some insecurities I had about creating autobiographical work. When you open yourself up to others, like being super honest, like John does in everything he makes, it allows other people to open up. And what I want is a medium where I can best foster that openness. So we started by sharing some relationship stories with each other. Well, what happened was I was living in Denver. My second marriage was falling apart. I've got a ex-girlfriend, five-year, pretty much my last relationship, five-year one. It's her birthday tomorrow. So I'm, I'm debating. I'm like, I should be the good person, you know, send a birthday greeting. But. Note to all of you, this here, this what I just said, was a bluey. Let's, let's just breeze past that. We talked about one of my favorite topics, aging and opticals. But, uh, are the glasses new? Uh, I probably should have had them for a long time because I didn't realize how badly I couldn't see But then we got to process. I kind of stopped trying to predict my future. <laughs> John was an art school kid, and he was trained as a painter. He gave it up shortly into his time in college. I loved painting and I loved art and I always knew I wanted to be an artist, but I really did not like a lot of aspects of the fine art world. Towards the end of my college career, I just, I realized like doing zines, doing these comics, like this was the way of expressing myself that solved a lot of those problems I had with the fine art world. And this is what launched King Cat, a self-distributed comic zine that John continues to produce. Was there any point there where you're like, okay, it's gonna take a break from this and move on to King Cat? Yeah, what my life is uh, there's no, King I've Cat. I've never stopped doing King Cat. I've tried to quit many times because it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> but I can't quit. To give you a sense of King Cat, each issue comes packed with very short vignettes about John's life. Anything from his memories to going to the barber to listening to the radio during a cross-country trip with his ex-wife. It's very unfussy, very simple, life observed. And even though it's John's perspective, it also includes people from John's life. And this is something I'd been struggling with as well. How do you edit your own life? The only self-editing I do anymore is, is when I feel like Something that I'm writing or the way I'm writing about it is going to hurt someone. I'm not, that's, I don't, I'm not doing this for revenge or whatever, or for, uh, I mean, I want to be honest, but I also, not everything has to be made public. Not everything has to be told. You know? I haven't read Allen Ginsberg before, but someone shared a quote of his with me where Ginsberg said, notice what you notice. John's made a practice of that. Like I spend a lot of time on the writing part of things, and I'll have little notebooks that I'm just constantly filling up with. Now, I wasn't totally surprised, but I was like, oh, I do that too. Scattershot stuff. It's not even that coherent. It might be like a turn of phrase that I heard, or an idea, like some line that, oh, that'd make a great title for something. But here was the most important takeaway for me. Nearly 30 years of making comics and books and zines, being super open, autobiographical, with all the stuff he's putting out there, why is he still doing it? 
you know, I'm, I'm aware of the idea that there's a lot of junk in the world, you know, and we're bombarded with stuff. And if I'm going to contribute to that bombardment, then I want the things that I'm bombarding people with to be helpful. And positive in the extent that even though clearly I'm writing a lot about negative things a lot of times or painful things I'm trying to connect with people and that was my early motivation for doing this stuff was I, I, I had this creativity I had these things that I want to express but like I said I was very reserved I was withdrawn I was pathologically shy around people I didn't know I, I had very low self esteem and it was through zines that I found this way to express myself because I could make this thing and hand it to somebody and they would be able to see what I was thinking or feeling and I could give it to them and they could read it later or I could send it in the mail to them or I could put it in a store and they could pick it up and I was communicating with people in a way that I didn't feel so threatening mm-hmm. you know and going on that road like I hope I've become less you know more socially adept but that's really still what it is. I just want to connect with people. I can't remember what my immediate feeling was, but I was like, we got it. That is a mission statement I'm going to steal. John and I talked in total for about 90 minutes. I debated getting a pie. Would you like anything else? He's thinking about getting some dessert. Okay. Yeah, maybe. What? But I decided against it. It was Halloween and I'd be eating candy later. Come. Did you change your mind? Or? I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I'm good for now. Thank you. Though. All right. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Over there. I can take it over. I paid our bill and John showed me around the town. He went into his storage and gave me a load of King Cat back issues. Then I hopped in the car and listened to Nas's Life is Good on those flat Midwestern roads. Actually, there are kind of steep, fun hills around South Beloit. I uploaded the audio from the interview into a folder called John P. and Me on my external hard drive. And why are we listening to it now, seven years later? I owe a lot to John in this interview. I can pinpoint what you hear now and a few things that happen in the Midwest including a notebook of embarrassing stories, my handy H4N Zoom recorder, a recording of a conversation in a diner, and an index card where I wrote this note, Sesame Street for men. Oh, another thing, it also makes me feel good that now when I record my interviews, they hopefully no longer sound this way. And we're going to prove that next month with a follow-up episode in a diner with some folks who also helped motivate me to make the show you're hearing now. A surprising follow-up to this and next month's anniversary spectacular bonus episode explosion! This episode was produced and hosted by me, Mark Bagan. Our lead producer is Caitlin May Burke. And our associate producers are Ben Goldberg and Rebecca Seidel. Our illustration was done by Carmela Caldart. Special thanks to John Porcelino. 
If you want to learn more about John Porcellino's work, and I encourage you to do that, you should go to king-cat.net. We're going to have tons of links in the show notes today, so if you want to take a look at John's work, my work, any of the other artists we mentioned, they'll be in there. If you want to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash othermenneedhelp and offer a monthly donation. It is a huge, huge help. We'll be back next month with our follow-up bonus episode. Until next time. Why don't you take it away, Zoom? Adios. Ciao, ciao. Bye. South Pavilion. This is it. This is the this is, this is it. place. They've had a sign there saying try our Angus burgers on the other side. With that sign. I think it's still there. I, I think I'll take them up on it. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. What do you like?